Hello. Man. What up, buddy? Not much. Not much. How about you? I'm uh I'm doing all right. Just got home from work. Um can can you hear me all right? Oh, I can hear you great. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Sweet, man. All right. Uh so if you want to introduce yourself for the folks who may or may not be listening. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, my name is Joe Billy. Um, I am from New Jersey. I'm an acoustic punk singer songwriter. I'm also primarily a drummer, actually. Uh, oh, yeah. Overall musician of, and doer of music things. <laughs> I guess. So for, for the people who know me, I'm guessing if they know me because i don't think this has like a word of mouth clout or anything <laughs> so uh, for those of you who know me joe billy does what i do except like a billion times better like, oh shut up you can check him out he's on spotify Bandcamp, where you find your music he's amazing <laughs> i appreciate that but i always make the argument that like while we both play like folk punk acoustic punk type of stuff like um a lot of people can argue like the the what what's it called like the the validity of like how talented or skilled they are or or who's better or worse or whatever but like to me like everybody's just different you know so like i I have a joe billy type of folk punk you have a a johnny nyman type of folk punk you know yeah yeah for sure nonetheless you're the real fucking deal man like you really are I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm also extremely fucking cold right now. I don't know if it's like this in Ohio, but today yeah. is like probably the lowest it's been in. Well, like, cause like it's been slowly getting colder, but today yeah. is like the coldest it has gotten so far. And I fucking hate it. This is the first day in my car and worn a coat. I <laughs> last night was the first night that I fell asleep with a comforter in like seven months. God, I, I fun fact about me. I fucking hate the cold weather and winter and everything. And today yeah. I've just been like, I've been mentally stressed out about a lot of things, but like I am physically stressed out today too, <laughs> just because I'm oh so fucking God, cold. Yeah. I hate it so much. But that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> I just wanted to get that out of the way. Oh, yeah. No, I totally commiserate on that. Um, so today what we're going to talk about is um, systematic obstacles that prevent spiritual journeys, normalizing mental fatigue, the physical effects of mental health and vice versa. And also we're going to share our thoughts on Dharma Punks and Bo Burnham's Inside. All right. So topical. We're so... <laughs> we're 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 so on point with talking about this. <laughs> like, I just wanted to lay that out front so that, like, because <laughs> I'm probably gonna dive into some tangents, and I'm trying to hold myself accountable preemptively. Oh no, yeah, like it's good to like give a preview of what we're planning on talking about. I'm I'm just like I was thinking about it on the way home that like, um, because we've been wanting to like do this episode for a while, and then we just forgot. Oh, yeah. But like inside came out what months ago. And so like, we're finally getting around to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. Like inside it's, it's interesting. Cause like I, I loved Bo Burnham's feature film. He wrote and directed, um, I think I'm like 2017. I was never familiar with his YouTube stuff. I had seen one of his stand up specials and I, 
it was cool, but I wasn't really compelled to revisit them. And inside wasn't something that I was for much like I do like other movies and stand-ups and stuff. So I was just mm. uh, browsing Netflix and I'm like, oh, Bo Burnham did a new thing. That could be kind of cool. What? This stand-up special is an hour and a half. That's a little excessive. Then an hour and a half later, I'm like, whoa, all right, that is the most beautifully flawless piece of media I've ever seen. Yeah, a lot of people were like telling me about it, but like I didn't really get like what it was. Yeah, and, um, I, I've been like somewhat of a fan of Bo Burnham, and um, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I just like, I guess it just like happened upon me one day because I was on Netflix and I was like, yeah, I mean today's a day to watch this, and um, right, exactly. It was just like way more intense than I expected. Um, like I yeah. knew, like I, like the jokes that I was seeing was like, watch it, watches Bo Burnham's inside once, and then becomes clinically depressed. Like, right, <laughs> uh, right, exactly. I was like, I don't know, am I ready to like watch this today or something? But, um, just like I don't know, like I'm not sure how how we should start yeah. like talking about it because like, um, there's just so like so much. It's just like so in depth. And like it really meta, is meta, meta in so many ways. Like he touches on so many things. Like he does, you know, classic Bo Burnham style. But like, right. not only was like the music really fucking good, um, to to the point where like I listened to a lot of those songs just like in my car. Yeah, oh, same. And, same. But like, like the obviously, it, work, the cinematography, like yeah. everything, and like you know. It, everyone can praise him up and down for like doing it all himself i'm sure he had yeah. some sort of like advice or help or something but like right. you can like you can tell he was like figuring that shit out yeah as he went like along, any of yeah. us would try to figure out like how to record in our room or something and like um i, I don't know like you you when you know he's like a really good actor but um right just like so many moments i like what am i trying to say like so many moments it like redawned on me like fuck like he's actually not acting right now yeah you know, no, like, he's just having a mental breakdown and the camera yeah. happens to be on that that one uh short clip like i think it was either halfway or around that where yeah. he he reached like the year mark of him working on it and oh he was God. he was trying to do like the update shot and like he couldn't yeah. do it like oh that God. that was not fake anger you know no. like, like i've felt that emotion before and yeah. I, I i like like got scared you know <laughs> like yeah. like it had that effect and like just so many parts especially like leading up to the end and everything i was just like so overwhelmed and oh, I know. Uh, it's just like i don't know like a lot of it was just, it was just so many things you yeah. know like and like the way I've described it was like it's all really fucking good, and like forty maybe fifty percent of it was funny, you know. Yeah. Like there was it, a lot of really funny shit, but like even the funny shit was like real to me. It you was know? yeah. That, that's was always really been Bo anyway. You know, he's always done that. He's always taken comedy in a really real way, kind of like a uh, uh, George Carlin. Um, exactly. Yeah. And so yeah it was just like all of it was just like mad intense you know yeah like one thing i'll say which 
I can't say this about anything else. At the time that I watched it, and even still, because uh, I've seen it dozens of times because I am obsessed. When I find a piece of art that I love, I'll just consume it over and over again. Mm. Um, but when I saw it, I had not laughed as hard as I had laughed, and I had not cried as hard as I'd cried. Yeah. <laughs> and it was on both polarities. And it's truly incredible because, like, there's, like, the – like, I don't know, the thing that cracked me up, like, I thought unpaid intern was hilarious, like, white woman's Instagram, but, like, all eyes on me, like, I sobbed for, like, two hours, and, like, when I listen to that in my oh, car, man. like, I'll get goosebumps up and down my arms still. No, yeah, that, I was just about to say, like, that one drop where, like, he has all those vocal layers, and, like, it has a little bit of that effect on it. I, I'm not yeah, sure what effect it is, but. I think it's called a uh, V-O-C-A-R, like, Vocaroo, something like that. I think that's. However the, the fuck he did that, like, yeah. like, how his notes drop in that line, like, my entire body just drops. You know, oh like God. like all of my energy just just like drops from my head down yeah. into my like stomach, and like fuck, yeah. like, like I feel that decline. Holy shit! And uh, the part where he gets into um after his uh simulated live experience, uh, which at first yeah. I thought was a recorded live performance of a post COVID perform, but nope, not at all. But when he got to the point where he said, you say the ocean's rising, that's when I'm like, all right, going through all the tissues in the next 30 seconds. <laughs> no. Yeah. Cause it's just like, like everything was mad relatable. I think, I think that's what it was, you know, like, yeah. Cause he, oh. he I don't know. Like, it, I think it was especially easy for someone like me being a creative yeah you relate to it immensely like i'm sure anybody who watched it who has been stuck inside for over a year can relate to some extent right like us being creative type of people go through literally every emotion that he portrayed in that uh in that special maybe not to the extent of like being famous enough to like feel like they owe something to fans right right in the way that like like fucking trying shit out and then trying shit out for long enough to feel like you just want to give up and also like trying to do it yourself um I'm, i'm kind of blanking on like other examples that like you can find in the special but just like being a creative who has also been inside yeah it's yeah. so hard to not relate heavily to it especially like with like a heightened sensitivity with like a heightened um empathetic metric um yeah, i'm, I'm gonna yeah. say i'm gonna say something that sounds a little bit crazy but i i think there's something to it i think bo burnham and hear me out is kind of like a millennial Jesus. You know, he created this piece that tens, hundreds, maybe millions of people have related to, who have poured their suffering into, who have related in this communal way, especially being somebody with mental illness, somebody who is a leftist, somebody who is is in our general, like, I feel like if he wasn't famous and he lived nearby, he'd hang out. Like he'd be in our friend group, you know? Yeah, you know, yeah, totally. Um, him and, and like uh, Stevie Bridgers. 
Like who? Uh, Phoebe Bridgers. I don't know if you follow her at all. Uh, I don't as much, but I'm, I'm familiar with her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. That That's what I've always appreciated about the way he approaches comedy as well. Or at least right. just like his lyrical content or like comedy content is that like he's trying to portray a message, you know, right. in the most fucked up way possible. But like um, I, I that, that kind of segues into what I was thinking as well. Is that like um, like I'm, I personally like, as you know, that, that we've talked about before, like I'm a big stickler and sucker for like how you do something lyrically. Oh, and so like whenever I write music, like I care a lot about how the lyrics are going and how they are portrayed and how they're written and um, like whether or not they're clever or like they sound lazy or whatever. And just like every time I listen to any of these songs, like never once I realized did I, what did I go? Oh, fuck. That was like pretty cliche or like kind of cheesy or like a kind of kind of a cop-out lyric to do right like there was such intentionality behind it yeah and like i'm always so impressed by like cleverness you know same same so when not only when a musician does it but a comic does it and a comic musician does it like those are all so many hard things to do at the same time and like I don't know. There's just like, (laughs) I'm just going to say a million times how much I love it. But yeah. um, Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, yeah, I'm somebody who, like you said, I have that same intentionality with songwriting. Cause like, you know, I learned everything I know on guitar in like two weeks, you know, I I could learn more, but you know, I, I, I'm just going to drive a Honda civic to get to the destination I need to go to. And the destination is, getting lyrics out to people and messages. But like for me, even like the simplest, like 10 minute songs that I write, I'm always like looking in a dictionary earth thesaurus. Like, is there any other word that would fit better than this word for every like noun and verb and adjective? Like, Oh, red. What about crimson? Oh, eviscerate what about whatever? Just, and I got it from fucking Greg Graff and a bad religion. That guy just sure made me navigate life with a goddamn dictionary no yeah yeah i've always uh yeah like those those are some of my top artists whoever can like really get their point across without being really simple about it right Um, i've always appreciated that so much same and like you can tell from a local level to a national level like when you're listening to an album and when you're just listening to a bunch of songs that someone threw together and I've made both. I, my first uh, collection of songs was very disorganized. I was just like, Oh, I have 13 songs. I'll throw them together. But with transgressions and death waltz, I'm like, all right, these songs are like thematically cohesive. And that's something that like, even with the sequencing, I've put hours and days and weeks of thought into. So like you can tell when somebody's kind of phoning it in. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um I think if you had to pick a top song to to kind of wrap this up, if you had to pick your favorite song off of Inside, would you have one? 
Oh, all eyes on me, hands down. Yeah, uh, it, it is kind of. <laughs> uh, uh, as much as I want to say that one too, uh, fucking because like the ones that got me the most or that like my favorite ones are um, "Welcome to the Internet." I yes. fucking love "Welcome to the." Oh Internet. my god, I listen to that song all the fucking time. And and goodbye is also really fucking good. Yeah, and, the the last four songs were like kind of the third act the grand finale from welcome to the internet funny feeling all eyes goodbye like that was like when a band plays its encore you know oh yeah dude no yeah and and oh my god when um at the end of goodbye like it was already a really intense song and so at the end he motifs like four other of the songs like yeah. from, from earlier and like he does like oh, a medley dude like Ugh. i love shit like that and like it was so that. it was so not obvious too because like yeah. he still kept it in the same key of the song right and like he even it's changed weird. the lyrics and like the way that i honestly anyone who's listening <laughs> if you actually want to understand what we're talking about and you haven't somehow go watch yeah. Bo Burnham's Inside. Um, I've been such like an evangelist for this. Like whenever I'm hanging out with a friend, especially a friend who has like depression, anxiety, and you know, blah 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 blah, and all that, I'm like, yo, like we're watching Inside next time we hang out, and like, <laughs> it, like it's like it's impot like there's some things i can see why people don't like it like i see why people don't like punk rock it's abrasive it's loud sure it's dirty sometimes crusty whatever um in some occasions but with this it's like what merits does anyone have to criticize it on like nobody can say the songwriting was sloppy nobody can say the lighting was bad like nobody can say you know what i mean like it's yeah. I, I believe it's flawless like it really is yeah the and I'm not sure if this is like an actual critique of it or just a critique of like myself, but I did, I watched it the first time and then, um, I, uh, I eventually convinced my girlfriend to watch it with me again. Cause I wanted to watch it again. And yeah. it had been some time between those two watchings and I was listening to the songs a bunch just on my own. And so yeah. like, I was replaying in my head, like what, um, the, like the part of, the uh special was oh yeah visually while i was listening to the song and then i was like excuse me i was like kind of disappointed when i watched it the second time because i had like this way more cinematic um visualization in my head um after listening to them on my own without the visuals in front of me and so like that was a weird thing watching it the second time Cause I was expecting things to like swoop a lot more and like be a lot more intense than they were, which was crazy for me to think about because like it was already so intense. And so yeah. like, I'm not sure what I was like getting at in my own head. I, I guess I was like really like putting this whole thing up on a pedestal higher than it already was. I'm not sure. We remember things not as we experience them, but how they're processed in our brains. Emotionally. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I get it. Like, um, inside personally, I've loved more each time I've seen it, but I do have examples of that. Like <clears throat> I remember, um, I watched fucking 
what was it? Uh, I th- well, there's a few movies this applied to, but like I remember I did an edible a few years ago and I watched the Coen Brothers movie Burn uh, Burn After Reading. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was the funniest thing in the world because I was on an edible and I, I, I would even remember certain scenes set a certain way yeah. and like in a certain vocal inflection. Then I revisited it later and I was like, that is not how that happened at all. And it's not as good as I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I guess that, that, that does kind of solidify the point is that like we always um, as human beings, we remember things emotionally, not, logically and so when so so like that's how big of a a, an effect those songs would have on me yeah because that's what it feels like from what i remember to what i'm actually feeling so right that that just like holds true to the merit of the actual music as well exactly and nobody's objective memory is worth a damn like you ever hear any married couple or any people just like, oh, back in such and such, like, oh, I remember in 2019, we did this thing. No, we did that thing in 2017 in the winter. No, it was the summer. No, we did. And it's like people, and they're both probably wrong. It was probably 2018 in the spring. Like, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's crazy how misrepresentative, misrepresentative. Yeah. I, hello, my name is John and Eamon. I can't say words. How misrepresenting our memories can be. No, yeah, for sure. Well, overall, go watch Inside. Do it. Uh, it do it. Do uh, it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, also, so, read Dharma Punks. Yeah, yeah. So I was about to ask because um, I want to hear your thoughts uh, and feelings after reading it, um, just to catch everybody up. Uh, I suggested this book to John um, called Dharma Punks by Noah Levine, and um, I read this book uh i forget the year but this was like years ago um and it kind of was my beginning of starting on any kind of spiritual path or like like meditation practices or like um being becoming more familiar with um like types of buddhism and zen and stuff not Mm -hmm. that i would call myself a buddhist or anything but um we're pretty much all in the same area of um becoming more familiar with my own personal self and spirituality type of thing Uh, anyway um it's an awesome book very intense book um absolutely incredible i definitely want to hear your experience with it yeah um so i'm somebody who annotates and underlines and brackets everything that stands out to me and uh if i had the book in front of me i would pull those parts out my friend Shannon, who uh, got it for me, um, I let her borrow it as soon as I had finished it. So she has it in her possession, but I do remember like a lot of the main ideas and a lot of the things that I took from it. And um, one of, and I, I hope I am not misrepresenting this quote. Um, it was one of the last, it might've been the last line in one of the chapters where he said, you know, he he had had all these revelatory experiences and he said, the only way that makes sense to live is through love. And that just like leveled me. And I was like, yeah, like, of course, like it seemed obvious to my, like to my heart, but it also, I'd never seen it 
just spelled out staring at me like that before you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh um, well what kind of um like what kind of thought process did you go through after like absorbing that line because like you said like it's such a cliche thing that we all say all the time right but like, like what what did it give you additionally but the way it, the way it was written in that particular case it was entirely unique in a way i'd never experienced it but what i took from it was and i much like any other primate human you know we we get we get jealous we get envious we get spiteful we get angry we get all these negative and sometimes if indulged enough toxic reactions and it's really given me a new framework to operate like anytime i'm about to communicate with another person or engage in communication with another person i I ask myself like am i acting in a way of love is this consistent with uh with just like living I don't know. That's kind of the only way I know how to say it. Like subsequently I read the way to love by Anthony DeMello, which is really incredible. But like mm-hmm. when people hear the words in love, they're like, Oh, I'm in love with a girl or a bo- or whatever or romantically. But like in love just means to me, like living a life that's consistency that oh man, what, what is it with me in words today? Living a life that's consistent no, with like being kind and being, yeah. you know, treating people in a loving manner and just, I don't know. Like it's hard to articulate better than he did because it just makes so much sense the way he said it. But am I saying? I feel like I'm going in a kind of circular fashion. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. For sure. It's it's always hard for me to articulate things in general if it makes so much sense to me emotionally. Right. So like, but but I completely understand what you're what you're saying. It just like regardless of what you're doing or who you're talking to or what you're what you're saying to them or even the tone of voice that you're using like you can either do those things or say those things from a place of love or from a a place of toxicity or which really i guess does stem from fear um because like you know, you could give someone constructive criticism or like want something better for someone you're talking to out of a place of love, but it right. might sound mean to somebody, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and this isn't my, my way of telling everyone to go start yelling at people. Um, but that's kind of where I think you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Fuck, I had a train of thought. Um, shit, it's got, I'll remember it later. But but oh, yeah, yeah um, I, I I heard this quote by uh, Ram Dass and he, it was something along the lines of when you see the truth and you experience the truth, the tools that we have, that is language and that is words will not be able to describe it. And to me, like whenever I hear something that just makes so much sense and resonates and connects so deeply, it is really difficult. And I, I, I do like to believe I'm somebody who is good at using words um, apart from yeah. this particular last half hour for whatever reason. 
Um, it's really difficult to explain and externalize without just having the person you're trying to describe it to have that experience. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's like, I've always wondered why that is, you know, it's, it's probably like a big thing of like, you know, when we, when we're able to share other people's thoughts so easily Mm -hmm. now, I feel like it's harder to articulate your own, even though like you, um, what's it called? Even though you like, I'm, I'm losing the wrong, the, the, the right, right, right word, but like, um, that resonates with you emotionally. Um, yeah. and like, I've always been really, really frustrated by that because like yeah. I have so many emotions to express but like I don't know the right words to to use and that really right. sucks as a songwriter <laughs> a lot of the time yeah like is somebody who's like primary tool for my craft is words like if somebody's building a house they need the materials to build that house yeah. is somebody who uses fucking words when I can't find them it's like all right well I can't do this craft now yeah, and then I just get more flustered and frustrated. And oh, just, I know. Like, it's just a you know? self-circulating process. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> since I read that, I have been meditating 20 minutes every morning. I've been doing specifically uh, Vedic meditation, transcendental meditation, as it's been rebranded. And like mm. I've just noticed it's been a massive before and after pivotal point in my life. And like reading that book and I was getting into David Lynch at the same time, who's a huge proponent for transcendental meditation. Like those two things kind of hit simultaneously and I have adopted it as a lifestyle and I've done it every day. And it's like, I can't imagine going a day without doing it now. Uh, that's awesome. I'm really happy to hear that. Oh, um, thanks man. I've, I've, um, <laughs> I was telling you the other day, I've, I've been really slacking on like a lot of my practices as I do all the time. Um, I, I used to like have some, some like spells of, um, me like meditating or doing yoga every single morning. And then of course I got busy with a million things again and then it just didn't happen. Um, but I think one thing that I keep learning through like things that I end up dropping, you know, is that, um, like, meditation and awareness and mindfulness is different for everybody yeah it's really important for me to keep remembering that because like you know a lot of you'll hear a lot of people say oh i can't sit still and meditate and like sure like you can and like that is the point you know like the point is for it to to not be easy Um, yeah you know if you freak out and get anxious that's the point you know, right. there's something in there that you are supposed to face or confront or learn from. And um, if that's the way you choose to do it, then that's fantastic. And, you, you, you know, more power to you. Um, right. But um, if it's specifically like mindfulness and awareness in the present moment that you're going for, then you don't necessarily have to sit still and just watch your breath like I've, yeah you can do that while walking exactly yeah like walking meditations are like some of my favorite things oh or like too. even if i'm like you know if i'm playing drums i actually do that a lot too um especially when i'm playing to a metronome like with right. some of my students or whatever if we're just um 
playing to a metronome. I'm like breathing in on the four count, breathing out on the four count and just like really vibing with it, you know, and like finding oh, some awesome. sort of Zen in the playing. Cause like you, you can become physically, like you can become very aware of yourself physically, um, your surroundings and everything in between, uh, while doing anything. And yeah. so that, that is kind of a challenge, but I think I've gotten to that point. Excuse me. <laughs> I think I've gotten to that point <laughs> where like, um, like I've been accepting the challenge of like always trying to remain mindful. Same. And same. it's pretty tough, especially when you're like mentally focused on something, but um, when you don't have to be as mentally focused, you have the opportunity mm -hmm. to be, more mindful right and i've been enjoying that a lot you know because i hate you know i i personally feel like i sit around too much which is crazy for me for some people to hear me say but um i always feel like i'm just like chilling out too much and like hanging around too much and so like every time i sit still for too long i'm just like i gotta go do something and yeah um, i get that and i i think like the people i know and I include myself in this because like I am especially now writing, directing, acting in this film, this feature film that I'm making. Like there are times when I'll feel guilty for doing nothing when I could be doing this other thing. Yeah. And the people who like have and no disrespect to people who like Mountain Dew, but who have yeah. like 40 to 60 cans of like Mountain Dew just sprawled about their room, haven't put it in trash can, got like pringles crumbs everywhere and fucking call of duty on in the background like that guy is not thinking like gee i i wish i should be doing more right now but it's always the people who are hustling all day long who are like yeah. fuck i'm not I, i'm not doing the thing i should be doing the thing yeah 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 and like there's kind of two points to that i think that like <laughs> I, I i think i'm paraphrasing like what a buddy said to me years ago but um like there there are two types of like messy people you know they're the messy people that are like messy just out of spite and yeah messy people who are messy out of productivity so like if i like that if you <laughs> how did my friend put it he was like you know if trash is piling up in your room that's productivity because you're doing something like uh, always prefacing with if you're doing something creative oh, or, or productive or something if there's trash piling in your room that's productivity if you haven't showered in a week that's productivity <laughs> you know yeah, if you haven't gone outside sense. for 24 hours that's productivity you know right um so so it, it's kind of like th there's more context to be had in that kind of yeah uh, no aspect. but um today when i got home from work I shot, I was outside yesterday for like seven hours with uh, the crew that I'm working with. And we shot about 13 pages of this uh, scene on a rooftop and I'm going through and trying to cut the scenes together. And there's just so much fucking white noise in the background, you know, mm -hmm. we're kind of in front of a main road. There's just life happening. And so like, I spent like five hours, actually like most of my day after getting home from work at like three 30 until like, I got on this call where I was just like watching YouTube tutorials of how to like denoise. And then you 
hit the denoise slider, but it also compromises the audio. So to so to compensate for the audio, you have to pull this other lever, and then that lever drops something, and you have to pick that thing up, and then you, and it's just this never-ending fucking domino effect. And that's all to say I still have no idea what I'm doing, but I do know that I have like just cans and bottles in my kitchen above the trash can because I haven't gotten up from video editing all day. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so yeah, there, there's kind of two sides of the coin. Like you could either yeah, you could either be so productive that you end up messy or you're just mad lazy you know <laughs> and a lot of mine is laziness because the places i put like the fucking can of zevia cream soda is like three feet away from the trash can or recycling and it's like oh i just put it on top of the counter that the recycling is underneath and it would have taken me equal effort to put it in the recycling <laughs> but, you know it's weird i don't get it yeah, and, and then then there comes that one day or afternoon or whatever that you get to clean everything up, and it, then it balances out. You know, life balances out eventually. Yeah. Uh, uh, either oh. that, or you get eaten by the mess, and you know. Right. <laughs> you know, one way or the other, everything comes to a turn. You know. Absolutely. Oh, I had another <laughs> big ticket takeaway from Dharma Punks. Yeah, yeah. So, like, over the last like, my I'm 30, so most of my adult life. Like I've had really severe depression for part of it. I had suicidal depression um, relatively consistently. And like, I've been going to counseling for years and years and years and that has helped substantially. But like, because I had, you know, I, I, I would write all these dark songs and the darker the song, I'm like, oh yeah, death waltz, the waltz of death. This is great. This is my opus. I've never written anything darker. And I kind of wear it as a badge of honor. <laughs> so like, even though I'm reading all the self-help books and I'm going to the therapy, there was this very prominent part of me that was very afraid to detach from suffering because suffering had become such an integral part of my identity without suffering. How am I going to create without suffering? How am I going to be an artist? And it's bullshit. Like it's obviously if you examine it for more than half a second, it's bullshit. And then I saw, and then I read uh, Noah's story and he had just, my God, the things he's been through is unfathomable. I can't even begin to imagine. Oh yeah. And the fact that like he found this thing that worked for him and he put the work in and he's on this new path now. I'm like, well, fuck. Like, yeah. you know, not, not that it's a pissing contest, but he had it way worse. Like not even any question about it. And this thing is um, providing him an, an avenue to transcend past the suffering. And again, this is where I was also getting into David Lynch because David Lynch gets into transcendental meditation, expanding consciousness. And he says, you know, people think he's the only, he's the only person who can get away with saying a word like this. He said in his David Lynch voice, he said, you know, people think that in order to be a good artist, you have to suffer and you have to be depressed and you have to be angry. And I, I just got to tell you, it's baloney and like it sure is baloney let me tell you <laughs> and that's not to say depression's done with me i mean i'm still gonna get depressed but i'm not latching to it like i used to yeah and you bring up a point that i think about literally all the time because like some of it like and i am to the point that you are now thinking about it but like i still think about all the time like man maybe i should just like get fucked up all the time and like be miserable so i could write good music all the time 
Yeah. And like it's a it's a really fucked up thought to have. But it, I it, so much self-sabotaging. It's just such a um small thought in the back of my head all the time of like it's it's like mostly a joke of like I, I don't know, it seems like most of the time like the best artists and and creatives and stuff are always unstable in some way. And I don't know how to feel about that, but like, that's completely false, you know? Right. Um, right. Cause like, cause you touched upon it as well, where I wanted to go with that. Um, even if you're detaching from suffering and even if you're, um, so much more stable and in, in such a better place, like none of that shit is ever gone. You know, yeah. like we figure out ways to cope with it and deal with it and things that work better to make us like more fulfilled or more at peace on a daily basis. Yeah. But like if you were to, you know, not do any of those things and you would go back to where you were. And so like as a creative, if we're if we feel the need to like create something out of those really dark places, we can still do that. Well, yeah. not, not only we can, we can still do that, but we still feel the need to do that. You right. know, like I'm in such a good place nowadays and I'm, I'm incredibly stable. Like I'm proud. I'm happy to hear you are too. Cause like I, I, I would even go further to say I'm doing better than I have in my whole life currently. And sure. it's been, yeah. consistent and ongoing and a lot of it probably is because i mean we've put the fucking work in you know what i mean so it's yeah, like yeah. of course like we we've done the things like yeah. and it feels weird to not be in the trench like i'm out of the trench and walking yeah. around and it's like oh it's kind of bright out here and i have to put sunglasses on because i'm used to the <laughs> trench yeah, yeah yeah but it's also um like it's not like you are completely rid of shit that was affecting you like oh of course not you're still gonna have like you're still gonna wake up some days and be like well i'm anxious for no reason or like well i can tell that today's gonna completely suck you know yeah i had um, a panic attack just last week like right you know like, like depression days- and anxiety aren't done with me but i'm just not like latching onto them anymore like hell yes i'm yeah. gonna use this to for, yeah right you know, that, that's kind of what i was getting at you can use yeah. it in some way to like you know it, so, you know depending on what degree it's that i can just kind of like grog through the day and like be uh well like be authentically fucked up not fucked up but be authentic about where i'm mentally at that day right right exactly or i need to like shut myself in and like write something really dark and fucked up just to get it out you know as an outlet and if it becomes something that i want to you know produce then great um Do, do you ever have like do you ever have the awareness ahead of time like you get into a depressive episode. You're like, Oh, I've been here before. This will last for about three hours. So I have three hours to write this song or it'll be done. <laughs> like, uh, I, I have such a heightened a awareness of the cycles of how my emotions work. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Cause it's like, Oh fuck. I started this depressive episode at three o'clock. I have until six. 
if I try to ride at 6.30, the train will have left the station. <laughs> That's a really funny question. I don't think I've actually It's weird. That. I don't expect other people to relate to it. It's a very <laughs> weird thing. Um, I think what I was going to say is that, like, um, because I've become way more in tune with myself, I think, like, I've gotten to a much better place of, like, understanding what I need on a certain day yeah. or in a certain moment. Not that like it's fucking easy all the time now, but um, it's easier. And so right, right. <laughs> I guess to in the same vein, because like unless something like pretty substantial happens, I'm pretty much going to be in that funk for the rest of the day. And then right, I'm just going right. to, like, you know, trudge through it, like do my shit and like, you know, go to sleep. And um, right. but I will. <laughs> depending on how my day's going or how i want it to go or like if i have like a free day and i want to like try to create something then i'll decide whether or not i want to do the things to make me feel better <laughs> yeah yeah like, it's kind of like i'm putting i'm putting feeling before action like yeah, oh yeah, if yeah. i go outside and walk around or if i eat this healthy meal i'll feel better right but yeah, I, yeah. I, I put the horse in front or i put the fucking card in front of the horse like i'm not gonna do the thing because i feel like shit <laughs> i'm not gonna get up and dance because i don't want to no i gotta get up and dance to feel better like which one yeah. you know what i mean no yeah it's it's such a weird cynical thing to to say yeah but like it, it's such an ass backwards thing it really it, is i guess it's kind of like a, a wonder like a wonderful thing to hear from anybody because like that person feels so in control of their life yeah that like when they have a bad episode they can decide whether or not they want to like flip the bad episode right you know? right and one thing i've been doing too that's been a culmination of a lot of books I've read, a culmination of what my counselor has gone through with me is <clears throat> anytime my, like our bodies are constantly sending us signals, mm -hmm. you know, your body tells you you're hungry. Your body tells you you're thirsty. Your body tells you that you're aroused. Your body tells you you're sleepy. You have to go to bed. Your body also tells you, and sometimes you just have days that you can't do anything about. You just got to sleep it off. But your body also tells you, you that you're anxious, that you're depressed, that you're angry. And it's like, oh, why am I hungry? Because I haven't eaten all day. Why am I sleepy? Because I haven't slept since last night. Oh, why am I anxious? Maybe because of this thing. Why am I depressed? Maybe this thing happened. And why am I angry? Oh, there's this trigger. And it's like when we have that awareness of what we're feeling and why we're feeling it and taking stock of that entire process, like I found myself able to unhook from a lot of those really uh, adverse sentiments with relative ease. And it's not a, per it's not a uh, perfect thing, but it's something that has been immensely helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, um, th this kind of goes into one of the points that we were hoping to talk about, like how, um, cause you said our body's sending us signals and everything. Mm -hmm. And like, how our mental state can affect our physical state and vice versa right. all the time and well not can but it does all the time yeah yeah of and course I, I for some reason didn't think about this earlier but it made me real um remember this book that i'm <laughs> currently in the process of reading are you familiar with robert sapolsky you know I was listening to a podcast today and they mentioned his name so i've heard the name 
by a few different podcasters I listen to, but I've never engaged in any of his works, but I always hear good things. Yeah, I, I was, I, I be, slowly become somewhat familiar with him. Um, I ended up getting one of his books called um, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. And okay. I think it's like the third edition at this point, but already it's, sold it's, on the title. it's fantastic. I haven't finished it because I'm a horrible, consistent reader, but um, oh, I am too. I'll get into these like binges. I'll read like 50 pages a night for a week and then I won't read yeah. for like two months. Yeah, yeah. But Robert Sapolsky is, I think the way he classifies himself is like a um, a behavioral biologist or something. Okay. And so but basically what the book is about is about stress. Okay. And so um, it delves into like everything you would need to know about like where we come from evolution wise that like affects like our mental processes and our physical processes and how they interchange and stuff and right. so like the different <clears throat> stages of stress cause um it, like cause our bodies to react a certain way Right. So like, and it's just, it just, I'm, I'm going down this spiraling hole in my head now. Cause like, it just adds a whole another layer of things you can think about to, right. to determine where you're at, which mm. is fucking crazy because like, there's like, everything is everything, you know? And it's so overwhelming, but right. like, if you're, if you're like really anxious for some reason, it could be for no other reason than you're hungry and right. that, like your butt. Like, well, honestly, I indirectly used myself as, as an example. Like I'm skinny as fuck and um, I, I can't really miss meals without like my whole body crashing, you know, yeah. or like wanting to get sick or just like completely shut down because like my metabolism is fast enough to like always burn off my fucking food. And so yeah, I don't have any supply left. Yeah. <laughs> and so. um, it, there's nothing it can draw from. Yeah. Right. And, exactly. Um, and so like when I've gone too long without eating, even if I'm not thinking about it, my body's going to start be to become anxious and shaky. And, you know, I'm going to start getting nauseous and stuff because I haven't eaten right but to like any other most other people they just are hungry you know yeah, uh, yeah. it takes them a lot longer to uh get to the point that i get at um you know uh, after a, a sh relatively short amount of time of not eating and right. so um it's so, like there's just so many factors like um like when you're s stressed out your body doesn't digest because the only reason we're stressed is because of our fight or flight reactions. Right. Right. And so, and I'm totally paraphrasing all of this shit. I haven't read that book in a while. And so like, I, I can't claim to be like a, a scientist in any way. Of course, but, but what you're saying totally <laughs> checks out. Um, but because of that, you know, like if you're, um, uh, what, what was I trying to say? Uh, 
Like if your body thinks that it needs to fucking run away, then it's going to send that energy to the muscles and body parts that it needs to, as opposed to digesting. Digesting is some, some task for later when we're not in fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much more to think about, you know, right? and um, stress can stress as a whole in general, in a very vague sense can like, just fuck you up in so many ways, you know. Oh my god, yeah. Like if <laughs> if you ever want to fuck yourself up by thinking about it, you read that book, you know. Like yeah, that is nuts. a tendency I have, uh, fucking myself up by learning new things. Pretty much like I mean, I watch film <laughs> for plot lines. I read books for information. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I always I, I read a lot of like science and neuroscience based behavioral as well type books. Yeah, I, I very rarely um, read. I mean, I very re- rarely read books, but very more rarely read books for pleasure as opposed to like finding interesting information. Right. Like I do get pleasure from that, but I'm not going to like read n- no disrespect to this very well revered. I'm not going to like read like Lord of the Rings or like Harry Potter. Good on them. They're yeah. good for culture, but like I'm going to read you know, Dharma punks or I'm going to read fucking some self-help book. To, it's like, Oh, what can I do to be a better person? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, where I was going with that as well, um, just to kind of bring that thought, that very long thought train home was that like, not, not enough, not, not enough people realize how, um, how your mental state and your physical state interact and affect each other and so like like if you eat shitty food all the time like this is a very cliche thing to start off with but like if you eat shitty food all the time and you don't exercise and you're you're more likely to be like physically and then mentally depressed yeah because you're not moving as much and you're not giving your body what it needs and in the in the inverse is that the right word inverse um, it is yeah if you're and, and i've only recently been b- becoming more aware of this like if you're thinking really hard on something and focusing on shit and like using a lot of brain capacity and and stuff for long enough and then you get like mental fatigue that can affect your physical body yeah which is surprisingly something that i didn't realize until like this past year you know um because like i I don't know it it was just it like dawned on me one day that like i was reading a bunch of shit and like really like i was sitting down like the whole day and like i was really thinking about stuff and like like using my brain way more than i usually do on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and i was just like fucking exhausted and I was like, yeah. why am I exhausted? Like I've, you know, excuse me, I've, you know, been hydrated. I've been eating okay today. I've been, I've barely been moving around. I mean, that, that can be a factor, but I shouldn't be this exhausted. And my girlfriend was just like, I mean, you, you've been using your brain so much today. No shit. You're exhausted. Yeah. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, yeah. When you say it like that, of course, <laughs> like mental fatigue is actual fatigue. It is. It really it's like, is. It's nuts how like 
we don't normalize that, you know? Yeah. Like nobody talks about it. Like you don't learn it anywhere. You have to figure it out yourself. There's not really like a mainstream outlet for that conversation. And I, I can actually attest to that in my own life. Cause up until about two and a half years ago, I was only, and by only, I mean only eating like fucking microwave pizzas, taco, but just crap bread <laughs> and rice, like just horrible. And I was just sluggish and awful all the time. And I just thought that was like, oh, I'm just depressed. This is why I'm sluggish, whatever. And then I went plant-based and pretty much every ingredient I buy is one ingredient. Oh, what's in the spinach? Oh, it's fucking spinach. There's no like <laughs> xanthan gum or high fructose corn syrup in it or anything. And one thing I'll notice is like last week, I was like, oh, I haven't had Taco Bell in a while. So I got two bean burritos, which I think is the healthiest thing you can get at Taco Bell, but it's still Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. I had two bean burritos. I was in a horrible mood, irritable, just anxious, pissed off for like as soon as I ate both of them for the next like six to eight hours. And I know that was the exact trigger. And like, so yeah, like and a lot of it's adaptable too. Cause like, that, that is the dirtiest I've eaten because I'm mostly just eating fucking vegetables and fruits and legumes and whole grains and shit. So like mm-hmm. whenever I throw that in the mix, I'm like, my God, like I want to die. Like I, oh, I like not, not used to it at all now, you know? Yeah. And like, I remember cause a lot of my uh, <clears throat> routines and habits are tied to, I do a lot of things in the morning. I'll wake up at six 45 I'll drink two glasses of water, about 40 ounces of water. I'll have some um, pink Himalayan sea salt, apple cider vinegar, lemon juice in it um, to replenish the electrolytes and, you know, refill the water that I lost in the middle of the night. And, uh, and then I'll meditate and I'll take a shower. But on weekends where, like, I forget to have that water, I'll be like, fuck, I feel horrible. What, what's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. And I'll drink two glasses of water and I'm like, Oh, there you have it. I'm better now. Like it's crazy. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And that's not always the case. I don't want to oversimplify or be reductive at all, but like that, that is one element. No. Yeah. If those are like consistent things that you figured out that you need, then like you got, you got to do them. Right. Exactly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Where, where do you want to go from there? <laughs> um, I, I'd, I'd really like to delve into talking about spirituality and how it's kind of an uphill battle and how there isn't really like a direct path societally to explore that. Yeah. And th- this can, this can go a lot of ways. Um, I, oh, it sure can. So th- basically what we're, what we're trying, what we're trying to talk about here. So uh, let, let, let's let's stop for a sec. Um, yeah. How do you def- like? What is the definitional term of spirituality that you use? Because like, I feel like with meditating and with being connected with nature, and by delving into uh, Buddhist text and text of uh, shamanic traditions, uh, shamanic traditions, uh, I, I feel like that is spiritual. But I, it's one of those things that's really hard for me to define. And mm-hmm. when I Cause I, am not, I, I don't believe in a deity, nor do I think you need to, to be spiritual. So like, I, I've never described myself as spiritual up until I started having these thoughts about a year ago. 
So it's kind of like, it's still something that I don't have like a concrete definition of. And I'm wondering if you could provide some insight into your interpretation of it. Well, I can try. I'm not, I'm definitely not. <laughs> like, oh, well, uh, I'm not saying like Merriam Webster dictionary, just like how it applies to your life. Yeah. So, so to me, um, at least where I'm at right now, um, to me, spirituality would be really understanding yourself. Yeah. And, and not just yourself, but yourself in connection to a higher something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, to, to me, spirituality is incredibly vague and extremely personal to the individual. Right. And, um, but I think like at its core, like if, if you want to like really get into a really um, like a, a bit more of a wide span specific type of way of thinking about it, if you like break down the core elements to like literally every religion that you can think of, Right. Yeah, they all have like this, like the same primary basis of do like, um, like, uh, kind of what we were saying earlier about like everything you do, you do out of love. Mm-hmm. Now, where does that love come from? It can't just like exist. Well, it, it can't, I mean, it can't just like be manufactured or anything. Where does it come from? So you reach for some sort of higher something and what, what is that to you? Right. You know? So like most of the time I, I would believe that like when, whenever we are connecting to a higher something, it's technically ourselves. Right. And, the, and so like for me, like what, people call god is just like the universe and like everything you know like i've like i've been using this phrase a lot where everything is everything and so like that's kind of like my life mantra right now and it's like depending on the day it kind of teeters on like a very anxious existentialism and also a very zenful higher self bliss, <laughs> you know? Right, right. Um, Cause like everything is everything. There's way too much to think about. Or yeah. you can just simply put that everything is everything. Yeah. So like, you know, I'll get like hippy dippy for a bit, but like the same energy that I have is the same energy that this tree next to me has. And, you know going to like um the same elements and energy that the stars have and like you know uh, just there's so much so much that we can under there's only so much that we can understand currently and so like the only real truth you can find is through yourself and then Mm -hmm you know, channeling that to 
like to like tap into whatever is higher than you or like yeah. whatever is on a higher vibration or or it's whatever you know like it's just uh terminology wise and like conceptually i'm definitely not there yet to like really explain what i'm trying to explain but right no um, it, it, it's one of those things <clears throat> kind of like we mentioned earlier that you know, you can define Christianity or you can define Islam like, oh, here are the core tenets. Here's the scripture. Here's the general dogma. But with spirituality, like not only is it so vague, but also so uniquely catered to every individual person that it's a very personalized experience. And I think if you ask 100 people, you get 100 different answers. Yeah, it, it kind of ties into like, my whole uh my whole shtick with a lot of my songs not to make this about me but like no dude no how, how I, I, i'm how, here for that i want i want to hear your story that's that's why i want to talk to you well i think we touched on this uh, a lot last time too is that like um a lot of the time i write about how you know th there's so much gray area in everything and and like especially as a person as an individual um once you start labeling yourself with things and like naming yourself as something and like attaching yourself to and that's the main word attaching to yourself to like some sort of you know group or like cult for lack of a better term or like subculture or like you know uh yeah you know, anything that you feel defines you um, it's very, very easy to resonate with the things that resonate with you and then just kind of play along with the things that don't resonate with you because you feel like you should, you know? Yeah. And so like, to me, it's always been that way with religion. So it's just like this massive cult thing that is like, oh, I believe this and this. So I guess I'm this and I don't really agree with this, but I. I'm this, so I should believe in that. These are the things that are in this box, and this is the box that's in my identity. Therefore, I should only use the things that are in the box. Exactly. Exactly. And so you just become trapped in the box. You know? Yeah. Which so... it's, it's been very recent, and I, I've been really delving into attachment and how attachment is literally the sole cause of all suffering, whether we're attached to a person attached to an outcome and by mm -hmm. attachment, um, as Anthony DeMello finds it in his book, the way to love is the refusal to be happy without the thing. Oh, I can't live without. Yes. Okay. It's like, well, our whole life that's been proven untrue. You know, it, you know, was, there was a time when, Oh, sorry. No, no, you're good. Uh, I was just trying to, I was actually trying the other day to explain attachment to somebody and yeah, yeah that, that's like the perfect way to put it. Can you say that one more time for the people in the back? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I also have a video to send you. It's about a 10 to 12 minute video. It is, it changed my life. I'll send it to you on messenger. It's basically articulating what I'm saying, but more perfect. in depth Great. attachment is the refusal to be happy without the thing. And um, there's a few speeches by Anthony DeMello online, but um, one thing he says is like, 
remember a time when you were a child, you didn't get that toy that you wanted, so you cried. You know, if you look at that toy, you wouldn't you wouldn't be caught dead with it now. You know, yeah, you were yeah. so attached to it at the time, and now it you know it's silly. You wouldn't even think about it. No, yeah, and um, I was actually <clears throat> the reason this came up with someone the other day was that I was explaining um, like how you can also become attached to things that are good for you and attached to like things that or or like coping mechanisms or like, um, you know, healthy habits and stuff. Like if you become, you can get addicted to anything. Yeah. If you become too attached to like something that helps you, you close yourself off to other things that could help you maybe even better. You know, right, it's exactly. just like it becomes an ex, 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 an extreme uh, attachment, obviously. To uh, well, I I'm, I was about to say the same exact sentence again, but um, but yeah, you you can become attached to literally anything, which yeah, in uh, in one way or the other will eventually cause you some sort of suffering. Right. And I, you know, I've been attached to just about any type of thing. I've been attached to romantic partnerships. I've been attached to objects not so much anymore for a host of different reasons, but I've also been attached to narratives. One of the biggest narrative I was attached to that I discussed previously is I was attached to like, Oh, if I'm not the sad guy, TM, if I'm not the guy with depression, uh, if I'm no longer depressed, am I am I going to be a shittier friend? Am I going to be a shittier artist? Am I going to be less funny? And that's crazy. The only thing that happens when I'm depressed is I can't get out of fucking bed. How can I do any of that? So I'm thinking like, oh, if I if I let go and I actually try to work past this attachment to my depression, what if that leads me to having nothing? Because while I'm attached to depression or was, I'm not currently, I had something and I I was afraid of losing it no matter how sabotaging it was in my life. And I'm on the other side of that now. And it was only, you know, within the last year or so that, that, that I began to have this realization, but yeah, I got so attached to that narrative. I got attached to that identity. Oh, sad, the sad box, Uh, you know, like all these things that, I assigned myself to in this thing that I referred to as an identity. And it's like, Oh, does the sad guy do this? Oh, does the even, I even did it with like veganism and minimalism. It's like, yeah, I am a vegan. I am a minimalist, but it's like, and I, I adhere strictly to those, but like, I, I don't anymore like to use terms to try to describe myself because they just seem very limiting in nature, you know? For sure. It, it, and uh, you reminded me, it's the same exact thing as like, I can't remember if I told you, but like I was a major straight edge kid when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. And and um, it was the same exact thing for me. Like I was straight edge for years and I yeah. was so adamant about it. And um I judged so many people for not being straight edge and just like, I, I was a real asshole. Like I was a, a real elitist punk kid, you know? And, um, and I remember it, the glass shattered for me 
when I don't know if you were uh, you were ever familiar with this, but like there was this like Facebook group called Untoxicated, and I, I'm, I'm not familiar with that actually. It, it was like the biggest like straight edge Facebook group or something. Okay, um, and I somehow became a part of it, and just just you know whatever. And I don't know. I was going through a lot of existentialism. I forget how old I was, but I was like you know uh, like a late teen, and um uh not that i like had a desire to party or anything but i was just like having open-minded thoughts of like like would you would you still be able to consider yourself straight edge if you like like drank a glass of wine just to experience it to see what it's like and then never drink it again you know and like i was just having these thought like tiny little you know like reflections and so i decided to go to the group that like i felt a part of and i posted in the group like hey everyone i know this is kind of weird to say but like is it is it like okay me like for like excuse me jesus for us as like young straight edge people to like kind of have a rumspringa you know like like that's the amish term for like going out of the village and then deciding if you want to come back they want to come back or stay in the city and i think that's a perfectly valid uh question deposit you know especially if you you believe i already know where this is going but (laughs) if you had the belief that this was like a support system yeah (laughs) you you would think so and and um i was like really just looking for insight and advice from people who I thought would understand. And um, I posted in the group and then one of the admins um, like shared the post to like the main page or whatever, just so that everybody was able to see it. And I, I got nothing but fucking hateful spiteful judgment. judgment. Yeah. And it was just so uh, I was just like, like, damn, I'm just asking a question. Like, it's you know, worse like, to drink a glass of wine than to treat people horribly. <laughs> like, I'm, and, and it, it was like a really big glass shattering because I realized that I was, like, I was that way. And it really sucked. Like, it really fucking sucked. Um, and so I was just like, I, I'm leaving this group. And I'm not putting X's on my hands anymore. I'm throwing away my straight edge necklace because I had one at the time. Yeah. And I don't need to call myself straight edge anymore. Um, I don't need to party. I don't want to smoke weed. I Right. That doesn't mean you're going to the opposite polarity. I don't want to drink either. I was just like thinking about it just and now i don't want to anymore and yeah like Like i'm still associated with the culture i'm still a sober kid and i'm just not gonna call myself straight edge because that's apparently really fucking me up right now and i I went through this whole like you know like identity crisis you know what i mean and yeah yeah, same same thing like how me and you like you know we're 
Christian boys and then we eventually weren't, but there was a, yeah. a, a really hard time in between that. <laughs> um, yeah. And I had a lot of self-hate, like, especially like growing up Catholic, it's like, Oh, if I don't believe in God, does that mean like I am horrible and that I'm like un unclean and that I'm yeah. a horrible sinner. And it's like, well, if you ask the right people or the wrong people, then you sure are. Yeah. And so like, I went through a really hard journey of detaching myself from being straight edge. And even then wouldn't like legit party for lack of a better term until like years later, you know, yeah. I don't think I like legit got hung over for the first time until I was like 22. Yeah. And uh, it was just such a weird journey. Um, I forget where I was going with that, but I think that was the end of my tangent. No, that it makes just, so much it was sense. It's so wild, you know? Yeah, that is really, really intriguing. And it's funny because um, Noah Levine went through a similar thing now that I think about it. Because um, Oh, yeah, he where was, he was like living was with like, that guy and his wife and they were just like horrible to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had a major like problem with drugs and addiction and stuff. And like um, he just like after finding the help that like worked for him, he decided to like be straight edge. He got straight edge tattoos and like he, you know, he thought that was going to be like it for him and stuff. And then eventually like went back on that, you know, yeah. because life isn't a straight, isn't a straight line. And so he like he fell back into addiction and like, right, right. Um, and then eventually found more of a piece in like the spirituality that he found as opposed to just like the physical realm that he found that worked once that shit's gone what works for you you know like right. if, if you're and this this you know kind of ties into our other point that we were hoping to talk about but like if in you if you're in a really toxic household that triggered you to be an addict um and then all of a sudden you're in like some bougie rehab place and you feel better and you don't feel like an addict anymore, then like once you go back to that toxic house, you know, nothing changed. Yeah. It's going to self-perpetuate that You're, cycle. Again. And granted, I cannot talk on this whatsoever. I've never been an addict or I have struggled with right, that. Same. Um, but at least from everyone I hear from like, that have had problems like that and everything that I've read from like, you know, people like Noah Levine and the such and um, the, your coping mechanisms don't matter anymore because they're not the same ones. Right. So like, like if you're able to detach yourself from your surroundings as your coping mechanism, uh, you know, like spirituality or whatever, like some sort of self, some sort of non-tangible thing, that's going to be a lot more. Um, you're going to you're going to be able to depend on that a lot more than something. Yeah, it's going to be more sustainable. Yeah, that's the word. Something more sustainable than anything in the tangible realm. You know, right. And this kind of goes into like our fourth point that we were like 
kind of thinking about was like how um like i i always hate when people use the very broad phrase like well now i can't think of the phrase but like the the types of phrases that are like you know you decide your own happiness you decide like literally everything in your life and stuff and like that's true in a lot of ways but not all of them yeah especially if you're in a position of poverty or in a in a situation you can't leave like in in my situation a lot of that's true i mean i do have some you know things in my brain and i do have meant you know mental illness and shit that's a bit of an inhibitor but like all in all all the life decisions i've chosen to make i can leave at any time or i can keep it but so that definitely applies to me but i'm also of remarkable privilege and i know that doesn't extend to everyone else absolutely i i know that if i was not born into the life that i was that i would be incredibly fucked up yeah i mean not only with like the safety net that i have like financially but just like the morals and values and beliefs that my parents instilled in me and the fact that like they provided me with so many different resources like not a lot of people have those resources or have a rounded balanced education to no fault of their own like it what else are you but a product of your environment yeah that's basically um the overall sentiment here is that like you are always going to be a product of your environment, mm-hmm. whether you grew up in that environment or you got thrown into it event, you know, right. eventually you're going to become a product of that after you stop fighting because oh. you were broken down so much, you know? Right. Um, I think one, one of my newer songs talks a lot about that, but um, regardless, uh, um, like where 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 I want to go with that I forget, but in the same vein, like we've been talking about, like it's it's incredibly hard to have like these um to to be able to go on like a spiritual journey like we've been when mm. you don't even have like resources to like like feel like you're surviving on a daily basis, right. So like you can't fucking tell people that like you decide how happy you are when you have no time to decide anything. Right. Right. You know, and (laughs) like just fucking exhausting to think about. It's like so defeating when I think about shit like this, you know? of people who say like cliches like that are also the people it's a very much like pull yourself up by the bootstraps adjacent exactly that that's where i was getting at thank you yeah um a lot of those types of like phrases and adages are like different versions of that yeah they're all just the same fucking box wrapped in a different package and like again this this is like a, a, a other gray area because like you know we have been talking about how it's important to detach from things in order to prevent suffering and stuff 
but it's also like you, you know both of those sentiments are are applicable in a certain context or right, situation right. so like yeah sometimes you know you should just pull yourself up by your bootstraps because that makes sense but yeah that's not I, always I, gonna be the fucking case i feel like that's something i would say to myself but i would never say to another person if that makes sense like oh right. fuck man i gotta get back up i gotta do the thing but i'm not gonna you know go over to my friend who's suffering and it's like well you just gotta get up and do the thing like i'm not gonna say that to another person it seems very right. callous but i will say it to myself and i have no problem being callous with myself at least not initially right like yeah. like as an empathetic person which i think both of us feel like we we at least strive to be of course um, we are human after all but um right of course uh, the like the first thing we would probably say is like what can i do for you or like you know is there something that i you need that i can assist you with or like something or like do you just want to like talk or vent but you know after a while uh if and again another big gray area like if you've known this person for so long and like you know that they really just all they need to do is like suck it up and try something different yeah. or, like, or like just try to work a little bit harder on something because nothing else is going to help them. Then that's like a look, man, like you can decide to get better. Yeah. You know, like you can decide to pull your bootstraps up because we've already done all of the other homework and it comes down to you now. Yeah. You know? And so like, it's just always context. <laughs> yeah, no, I've actually had this very conversation with a couple of friends recently and whether, you know, one of them, it was a marriage. One of them, it was just like a pretty standard issue relationship. Like they would text me like several times in a week. Oh, I'm such a fucking idiot. Why did I get married? Or, like, oh, I shouldn't be in this relationship. And it's like, well, they make enough money. They're not under duress. They're not under threat of violence. And I get it. Making a life decision's hard. But I'm like, all right, like, you have one of two choices. If you've brought this up to me about a dozen times now, you know how you feel. You know what you need to do. You can either choose to honor the signals your body is sending you, or you can ignore it. And you can perpetuate the life you're living. Because at that point, at the point where you're casting the same vote day after day, when there's really no adverse consequence of, except for a bit of temporary discomfort mm. and you choose to keep playing that game. Well, surprise, of course your life sucks. Like, yeah. you know, Oh, you're, you're, you know, and don't get me wrong. Like not everyone loves their job, but like people it's like, and jobs are different because there is a financial duress bit, but it's right, like, which oh, is kind of what we were talking about too. Like, if you don't get to decide whether or not you need money, yeah, then you're exactly. gonna take any fucking job that you get. That's not up for debate. Yeah, and it's like one thing I've been thinking of is like a lot of people will kind of downplay, like, oh, like my job sucks or my marriage sucks, but you know, it's not that big a deal. And it's like, well, this this is your life, and yeah, you know, like. Have, like, like yeah. it's just 
life. That's it. You, your puny little life that you get so many of. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, have you fucking tried communicating with said person, or like, or communicated with yourself on like how you can make your job more bearable? You know, or like, have you gone to couples therapy? You know, like, have you actually tried? Yeah, no, I, I've brought up started, like before you started complaining, have you tried something different? And then if you do all those things and you're still not happy, then something has to change, you know? Exactly. And, 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 but, but like, (laughs) yeah, you know, there's so many different ways and things we could say about this, but go ahead. Well, and both of these people have the same thing in common is that like, they are very much creatures of social acceptance. Like, Oh, I'm going to get this big house and get in this marriage. Cause like, that's what I've been primed by society. And they've both told me this flat out. I'm not like theorizing, like they've both just flat out sure. told me like, yeah, like I made these decisions because I thought this is what socially I was supposed to do. Right. It's like, well, you realize that doesn't work. Cut your losses, do the next thing. You only no. get one life and you're there's this scene from Peep Show. It's my favorite show of all time. It's a British comedy. There's a this character who gets married to another character and they've each communicated to their friends but not each other. Oh, I don't want to get married. I'm hor you know, I, I I don't feel good about this. And they each got married and they're in the limo and they're both sobbing. And he has this like dub that's like his internal monologue and he's like you only get one life and i've ruined mine (laughs) (laughs) and it's like you don't have to keep doing it like there's an exit to this like you can reclaim it pretty easily within a matter of like three to five months yeah 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 no yeah like it's just a like a lot of the time now i'm just like yeah, I mean, you know, we all figure it out eventually how society doesn't like what, what I'm trying to say, like, so you know, like societal norms are bullshit, <laughs> you yeah. know, like we all come around eventually. Yeah, also, the amount of li- this is a bit of a sidebar, but the amount of liberties people take with their own life. Uh, you know, I don't really want a kid, but my partner does. So I guess I'll have one or vice versa. It's like, yeah, you're just going to take this big thing and like kind of throw it in the air and see how it lands. Like to me, that just sounds a bit ludicrous. Yeah. To just yeah, take yeah. liberties I mean, with your values and your preferences like I'm, that. I'm always one for fuck around and find out. But like, yeah. you know, you, when it comes to like, bringing another life into this world irreparable life decisions, yeah. <laughs> decisions that people who didn't ask to be affected by it that directly affects somebody else yeah that the same just right, you exactly. now you know <laughs> yeah i just want to say man that i i've been meaning to say this you know at one point throughout this like you are incredible at being organized and maintaining the flow like i know i have a tendency to be a little looser and a little more tangential. And I really appreciate the fact that like, you've really kept this train on its tracks the whole time. Oh, I think it's really incredible. Well, geez, I, I appreciate that. Cause a lot of the time I can also be very, uh, what was the word you used? Tangential? Gent- yeah. Gent- just like going on tangents and 
yeah I, I never knew that that was like a, a word you can use um yeah as soon as i learned that word i i just like well i'm putting this in my pocket and carrying it around with me say, say it one more time uh tangential i think it's oh, t-a-n-g-e-n-t-i-a-l tangential okay cool uh, no i definitely gotta add that to my dictionary <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good one it's a classic <laughs> no yeah honestly i think i said this last time too that like um once my floodgates open i'm just like like rambling and like talking so much you know so like we, we've always like kind of been that way because like it, one thing leads to another with our conversations oh and yeah so like i'm i'm honestly surprised at how um uh how i'm remembering certain things like that i have been like holding on to for minutes for minutes at a time and yeah, like yeah, and like uh it. and stuff like that <laughs> like a lot of my favorite because i'm a huge like i probably drive an hour and a half two hours every day depending on how many clients i see and when yeah. i'm not listening to music i got a podcast on and a lot of my favorite podcasts is just like two people talking about something i find vaguely interesting or very intriguing and it's like i just like their ideas and the way they present them and i've never been like oh I'll get to bullet point three we've been at bullet point two for a while now but like it is nice when they have like a bit of a flow but you know it kind of goes both ways but yeah i've actually been finding a few podcasts that i've uh been fond of like um i've i've, I've uh for a lot of my entertainment i watch youtube shit and so oh, like some of my favorite YouTubers started a podcast called Distractable. Are you familiar with that? No, I'm not. I'll have to check it out though. It's a, it's a Markiplier and like my skirm and uh, Lord Minion Seven 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 podcast. Like it's a okay. they, they they always like stream together and stuff. And so they decided uh, to actually make it a podcast, and it's called Distractable. And it's just like they it's like a very loose type of thing. So like they have one topic that they're hoping to talk about <laughs> and yeah. then wherever it goes it goes and like that's kind of just like the fun of it so like yeah. the, you know sometimes that's what you what you look for and then there's other um podcasts uh I, that i recently started listening to uh called tmg okay uh, are you familiar with tiny meat gang no uh the, these other youtubers uh noel miller and cody co started uh teamed up and do some stuff all the time they have a podcast called tmg and okay. um they, they also have like points that they try to turn around to and then it just kind of like tangents off of that but they yeah. always come back to like the focal point of what they wanted the episode to be so that one's like a little bit more controlled you know yeah. it's like but it it really comes down to like what i find entertaining and so like yeah, same if i like the people and i know that they're entertaining as people then you know even if it's like more of a dud episode it's kind of like enjoyable or like if i don't yeah. know what the episode's going to be like um i know it's probably going to be something i can dig because like i know these people are like entertaining to me in general yeah. You know? I, I don't care sometimes i don't sometimes it's like ooh, i'm interested in this topic but other times it's just like i just like hearing you talk like i just like listening to you have a conversation right yeah yeah, yeah. um that that's basically what i ended up liking a lot about the tmg guys is that the way they interact yeah. i don't care what they're talking about i've actually started getting my 
like current events from them because they're like in pop culture a lot like they're uh, they pay attention to that shit and so like um like just the way that they flow and interact with each other and talk and make jokes and stuff is fucking hilarious to me yeah. and then i also get to know like what's going on in pop culture you know like i'm not gonna yeah. fucking, i never watch the tv i never watch the news and shit and so yeah. like you know that's where i get it you know which is yeah, for sure you know i get i get mine from a youtuber named vosh v-a-u-s-h he's a uh he's like a socialist leftist and no i um i'm actually kind of familiar with him Uh, i'm kind of familiar with him oh nice and um uh me me and my friend were fans of him until he was uh, until he's like um uh, we we could talk about this later, but apparently Vosh is like not so much of a leftist as he claims to be, which is oh. why we stopped. Which is why we stopped watching him. Oh, that's such a fuck. Uh, God damn it. Yeah, yeah. He's like a total asshole. Apparently. Oh fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry to like burst your bubble right here on. No, like... it's cool. I I'd rather have a bubble bursted by truth than have a bubble inflated by lies. Yeah, I I would like if you haven't watched him in a while, then like go check out some of his stuff like from the past couple of months, and it's just like all really centrist like, type of like like pandering type of shit. Yeah, a lot of the stuff I watch by him is just like him pulling up a Ben Shapiro. Vi- like a lot of people are into like reality TV, and yeah. they're like, "This is my trash TV, and it's my guilty pleasure." And oh, like good for you, you 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 you're able to trash Ben Shapiro. Great yeah, job. Exactly. Like Good for me, you. it's just like, I don't go to Vosh for fucking information. I'm just like, Oh, I just like how he makes fun of Ben Shapiro's <laughs> voice. I think it's hilarious. Oh, like yeah. it's and, such a low fruit to grab. It's not hard at all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> me, me and my friend were actually talking about like, and this, this is the main reason why we had such a problem with him is that like, um, uh like the there are certain places that you can be like um what 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 i try to say like everyone has a place in the world and a place in like quote unquote the good fight or whatever and so like um what vouch's thing has always been or at least the main thing that he was known for was like can like like converting like neo-nazis away from nazism right okay. which is very honorable and like a very great thing to do like especially these young kids that are like unknowingly just becoming neo nazis yeah you know, you're convincing them or like helping them realize that that's fucked up and they shouldn't be that way and that's like like if he were if he were to just vibe on that not vibe on that but if he were to to just like um you know take that for what it is and not yeah try to double down and claim that he's a leftist then he wouldn't have gotten into like all the bullshit that he's recently got into of like people realizing that he's not yeah like it does like you don't have to be a fucking leftist to understand that racists shouldn't exist you know right it's a pretty fucking common uh, it's it's an easy concept to grasp yeah, um, for sure. but don't claim that you're something you're not. 
at yeah. the same time just because those are the people that you have attracted you know it, it's a it's a big catch-22 if that's the right term because like once yeah, you bring yeah. in a certain fan base you're left with a decision of like whether or not you stick to who you are or you know lean more towards what your fan base wants right and i'm not gonna like condone vosh at all because he's actually an asshole but like it's also it also comes down to like the creative aspect of it and content creators and stuff of like there is pressure from people who like you who think a certain way of you and you can either tell them otherwise or you can like pretend that you are yeah you know and it's pretty fucked up Um, yeah definitely i didn't expect us to talk about vouch today that's funny (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he's actually the only like quote YouTuber that I'm familiar with. My friend Nate, uh, like put up a live stream when we were at the BLM rally in DC about a year ago, and I tune into him occasionally mm-hmm. just to like if there's a video that I think is going to be entertaining. But like in terms of like I need to learn a thing, I'll I, I, Vosh isn't going to be my guy for that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. No, yeah, I've been realizing that. Um uh i can't remember if i told you this last time but like i've been realizing about myself um that like i need to at least start um like really intense concepts or like knowledge seeking things like in certain medias Mm -hmm. like if i start myself off like watching like a five minute video or something that's like not too serious you know to like kind of get my train rolling to like yeah. delve, delve deeper into this topic that can be pretty heavy, then it, it's like easier for me to handle it. Yeah. But like, cause I don't know, you know, life is overwhelming for me. It always has been. And so like, especially when it comes to political shit and like all that kind of, you know, Oh no, it, it's, it's always been so overwhelming for me, but, um, uh, I've been realizing that like, instead of like really diving head first into what I'm trying to understand, or learn about it's better for me to like dip my toes in first so that i'm not fucking you know giving my brain shock does that make sense right right like yeah no i get it you don't want to just plunge into the cold freezing water like you want to get acclimated a bit yeah no that like i totally get that i'm the same way i think that's another reason why i really started becoming fond of tmg is because like they, they talk about everything you know they'll talk about anything from pop culture to like some vague political thing or like whatever yeah so, just like shit that's going on in the world current events yeah, yeah like you know some some type of current event and or multiple current events and like it's easier for me to absorb because it's taken in a somewhat cynical and you know comical manner which is yeah. easier to digest. And I hate admitting that about myself, you know, because like I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like I there that's isn't. why I like satire. Like I'd rather package something in a way that people can jive with. Like when I'm playing shows, I'm not gonna like turn a peer-reviewed research article into a song. I'm gonna filter it in a much more digestible, fun size snicker yeah. bar kind of way. Yeah, yeah. And I've done the same with plenty of mine as well and it's just like it's so weird to to like still feel like i don't know 
feel guilty about not being able to handle intense things. I don't know why, you know, it's like, I'm, well, you well, gave so your, you gave your age, so I might as well give mine. I'm 27 right now. And so every time I feel like the world overwhelms me, I feel stupid. And it's such a weird feeling to notice about myself, you know? And like, I don't know. Let me ask you this. Like on an average day, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago, how much information, saturation, advertisements, ideas, doom, constant perpetuating news cycle was being just bludgeoned into people's brains versus how much of that. Like if you spend five minutes scrolling on your phone, you've put more in your brain than the average person had 10, 15 years ago. And it's like, of course it's all like everything is horrible all of the time. And if that's like that, that's one thing for me. Like I haven't been on Facebook in three months and I, I feel so much lighter. I mean, I'm still on my phone and on Instagram and shit, but like I've noticed that like when I feel like, I don't know, we are what we consume. And if you put Mm -hmm. five Taco Bell burritos in your body, you're probably going (laughs) to feel lousy. And if you fill your consciousness with doom and depression and everything, like your consciousness is going to feel sick as well. You know? No. Yeah. It's a, I Actually, feel it. That that's an incredible uh a credible tie-in cuz like cuz you use the word consume and so like you can consume things physically or consume things mentally. Mm-hmm. But both of those will affect you in a very real way. Right. Right. That's, and that's pretty crazy. That's cool. That's that's cool how that tied in like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean it's physical, it's mental, it's everything. Like our diet is- Oh, seems like you broke up there for a second. <laughs> hey, John, you there? I don't know if this is recording my voice and your voice at the same time, but I can't hear John speaking right now. Is what we watch on TV. Oh. It's the books yeah. that we read. It's nothing we do. I can hear you, but I don't No, I can hear you now. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cut for a sec, but I mean, everything we do has a positive or every everything you look at everything you put into your brain your body every communication you have it's either going to exhaust you some percentage point or it's gonna energize you some percentage point you know right right and i don't think a lot of people understand that like i think a lot of people are and i include myself in this until very recently I think a lot of people are very laissez-faire and very, um, very non-intentional with 
the things that they choose to surround themselves with. Yeah. And you know, the lack of awareness of, uh, how literally everything affects you. Yeah. Has a, has a very real consequence, you know, it does. Yeah. And it's, it's just our life. No big deal. You know, like that's another thought I've been having lately. Like anytime I find myself like, I've been pretty good at like, oh, this relationship is now toxic. I need to end it immediately. And I don't like drag my feet or what I've been in that situation in like five years. But like, you know, like when I when I find myself in a position that I don't feel aligned with, like I am very quick to either modify it or remove it entirely yeah. rather than tolerate it. Yeah, I have this conversation with uh uh at least a couple of my friends every now and then of like, like for me, a, like that concept is so easy now, you know, yeah. but like th to them it's not. And so it's like almost frustrating, you know, cause it's like, but it's so easy to understand. Like you just <laughs> like this thing fucking sucks for you and you can easily remove it from your life. Yeah. It's like saying like, two times four is eight, but they haven't learned multiplication. And like that, that's something very important to understand, obviously, you know, like everyone has their own journey and their own process of, and their, their own process of ways of going about, you know, understanding things and everything. And like, you know, uh, <laughs> but sometimes it's just like, Makes hard. me want to shake people like, ah, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I hate that feeling so much, but like, it's, it's like, I, I'm such an impatient person to begin with. So it's like Same. when I'm, when I'm trying to like teach something that's like, so like that comes so easily to me, um, to someone who's just like fighting me with it, you know? Yeah. Like, like not, not only not understanding it, but just like fighting against it. Yeah. That's the frustrating part. Like if you see someone like at the dinner table, just like drinking lead based paint and you're like, Hey, what if you stop drinking lead based paint? And they're like, fuck off. I'm going to drink lead based paint. And you're like, no, you shouldn't drink lead based paint. <laughs> you know, like, pretty radical example but like yeah, it's, really, along, it's along it, the same yeah. lines yeah yeah it, it really comes down to like you can only do so much for people yeah you know? and like ultimately you're you can you know present give them advice present them options or like you know do, do whatever you can and then ultimately they're going to make the decisions for themselves yeah which and is it's always like, a really tough pill to swallow yeah yeah. Like I, I heard this quote recently that everybody is operating at their level of consciousness. And it's like, exactly. yeah. And it's like that, that has given me more understanding. I mean, it still does kind of frustrate me when people are drinking lead based paint by the gallon. Uh, but like, it, it's like, Oh, this person doesn't know lead based paint is bad, but also like they're, committing irreparable harm to themselves so like what where does right. that leave us right yeah yeah no yeah gee i don't know man where do you think we should go from there it's already been 
An hour and 51 minutes. Yeah, damn. It does not feel like two hours, but I guess it is 1125. I, I think we covered all the points uh, that we set yeah. out to. No, we um, did good today, yeah. We did. We did real good. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug or anything you're working on or anything you'd like to share with uh, anybody who's listening? Sure. I mean, it is like a kind of a weird podcast to do that, but um, in case you are curious about how I um, conceptualize everything we've talked about today into music. <laughs> um, uh, you can check me out uh, uh, on music.com You can pretty much find my everything through that, like on uh, my, my socials and links to my music and such. I'm on, you know, all the digital platforms and everything. And uh, on social media, I'm at Joe Billy Music, and so um, uh, I'm currently working on a new album, which I'm extremely stoked for. Um, yeah, you know, I'll I'll tell everybody this: like on top of the new album, uh, there's also going to be new merch and new music videos coming out as well, which I'm really really oh, stoked yes. about. Um, and it's been a, a very long process, as I said, I'm a very impatient person. This has been a very big exercise for me um but it's gonna be the the best uh shit i've put out ever so i'm i'm pretty psyched about it i can't wait oh yeah oh yeah i'm really psyched about it are you working on anything john Uh, aside from the the movie you talked about um so i have guitar and vocals and keyboard and piano done for an album i've been working on since 2017 and that's been done for a couple years i just need to like hit up the person for drums hit up the person for bass it should have been done three years ago (laughs) and i don't have an excuse but i love the demos um but i i have been a little bit slower with music but i do have about 40 to 45 minutes of a rough cut of this film that I'm making. So probably getting close to halfway done with it. Sweet. Yeah. I can't wait to see that. Thanks man. Yeah. I'm excited. It's uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I'm glad because uh, whenever I'm engaged in a creative project, my mental health is always better. And it's like, Oh, I'll shoot. Then I memorize lines and I edit and then I prepare for the next shoot. And it's like, this will be going on for like two years. So for it's, sure. uh, it's a good bang yeah. for the buck, a good return on investment in terms of uh, <laughs> how it affects my mental health. No, yeah. That, that's always like really comforting when it's, it just feels so good when like what you're doing makes you feel good, you know, exactly. <laughs> such a simple exactly. concept, but it's so hard to come by sometimes. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, Hey man, this was a lot of fun. Hey, it really was, man. Anytime you want to do it again, I'd love to talk to you. It's always incredible sharing ideas and sharing stories. You're, Absolutely. you're one of the best humans and one of my favorite people I've encountered on this crazy little thing we call life on this fucking globe spinning in space that's burning and drowning at the same time uh, and i'm fucking grateful for you man oh right back at you dude thanks right, right dude yeah you. let's uh let's talk soon no nah, for sure you take care right I'll, we'll, we'll talk soon hey you too man get some rest <laughs> yeah you too all right love you buddy <laughs> love you too man see you man bye